0: Bible, will you open with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5? Tonight I will not be in the book of 1 John. Galatians chapter number 5. I um, really appreciate Brother Robbie's song. I I, I can't remember who I was talking to yesterday, but I I was talking about um, certain singers when they sing. It just, um, it just. It just sets you up to preach, and uh, matter of fact, I remember I was on the radio yesterday, Brother Scott Dean. He played a song by Miss Hawthorne, and I, I can't tell you how many times um, she sang, and 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 um, it's like a calm just falls over the place, and and Brother Robbie and um, Brother Robertson and Miss Nally and others. I, I really appreciate the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. And. Um, the Lord began to work in my heart yesterday about bringing a, um, a different message tonight and not going into the book of First John. Galatians chapter number 5, and I'd like you to look with me in um, verse number um, <clears throat> 16, and, and we'll read um, through the rest of the chapter. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit... And the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. So I'll pause right there, and 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 say that this verse, these verses right here, if you're saved, you're trying to live for God, and you're experiencing some warfare that takes place inside of you, that's exactly what this is talking about. Yes. It's talking about the Holy Spirit wants to go one direction. Yep. And and the flesh. The carnal nature is trying to go another direction, and they are at war with each other. And the Holy Spirit is never going to go the direction of the flesh, and the flesh is never going to go the direction uh, of, of the Holy Spirit. Yep. They're, they're always enemies of each other, and, um, and so we find this right here. And, and it said in verse 18, but if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And and as we read through those, uh, one preacher, he broke it down real easy and he said, you find the sexual sins, the spiritual sins, and the social sins. But then if you'll look with me in verse number 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And so, if we live in the Spirit, what what is that talking about? If you're born again, if you're alive unto God, then we shouldn't just live being born again, but we should walk being born again. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another but I'm, I'm stuck tonight in verse number 22. i um, been preaching through the book of First John since, since I first came here on Wednesday nights. And, um, and, and since chapter 2 of the book of First John, there's been a constant, um, just a constant theme of God talking about love. And, I mean, if you just preach verse by verse, you're going to be stuck for a while on God talking about love. And and I I would assume that that's because God wants us to know that he wants us to love each other. And we find here in verse number 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. But I'd like to read the rest of the verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Tonight, I would like to preach about peace. And specifically asking this question, do you have peace? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray you open up our hearts by the Holy Ghost. I certainly am dependent on you. I have no power and no ability to do anything. I'm not a charismatic person, and I have no power in myself to move a crowd. Lord Jesus, I pray for your word and your spirit to speak to hearts and that you would be glorified and that people will be helped by the truth of the word of God. Help us, Lord, and be with every person here, meet every need. If there's anybody here that's not saved, I pray tonight will be the night they meet you. And Lord, I pray for those who are saved. But if they're far from you, if they don't have peace, if they're wrestling, if they're struggling, I pray tonight, whatever their issue is, that they'd find peace in Jesus. In your holy and precious name I pray. Amen. I'm thinking tonight about, do you have peace? Before I get in the message... As I was preparing and praying about preaching this tonight, my mind goes back to to um, about twelve years ago. I was in Rajin Songbong, North Korea with Dr. Doug Howard, who was the former mission director of TBMI. and I had just graduated from from Bible college um, at that time i was i was i almost said it in korean i was um, I was really trying very hard to win Mary's heart. And she had no interest in me at that time. And um, some of y'all remember that. I know Dr. Aiken does. But um, but anyway, me and Dr. Howard and some others, we went to Rajin Songbong, North Korea. And when we went into North Korea, we were, we were looking for a, an avenue. I had just graduated um, Bible college, and I had 12% of my support, and that summer I was in three or four different, four different countries, and um, North Korea being one of them. And when we went into North Korea, we, we drove straight in from northern China, and, and we drove about an hour, hour and a half into a city on the sea, that's on the Sea of Japan, which they call the East Sea. And, and we checked into our hotel, and we went out to eat with a high-ranking government official. And at that time, I could not speak Chinese or Korean, so my friend, he was translating for me. And um, we went and we sat down with this high-ranking government official and immediately, we, we, we went in on a, on a, on a charity visa uh, to seek how we could start a business and, and maybe through that business secretly print Bibles and do evangelism in North Korea. That was our goal. And so we went in, and this high-ranking government official, he was overseeing us being led around to see the options that we had, and we sat down to eat, and this government official, at the very beginning of the conversation, asked us to give him $50,000. Now, to you and me, that sounds absurd. Brother Robbie has been to China. He knows what I'm talking about, and... um, and, and the, that, that their culture and the, the ways they talk and think are very different than ours. And, and so I, I told my friend that this guy was nuts and he could jump off a bridge. And, um, and I don't know if he understood me or not, but, um, but anyway, um, we, just, we just told him no. And, and then we went back to the hotel. And the next morning, his underlings, his, the, the, the government people under him, they were to lead us around the city. And, and they came, and then all of a sudden, we learned that the government in North Korea was like the mafia. And they, they began to, to threaten us. And they started to negotiate. And they tried to come down and, well, give us this much money, and give us this much money, and give us this much money. And we told them that we weren't going to give them any money. Now, we did come prepared to buy some rice for starving people, but, but we, we were not going to give the government of North Korea any money. And, um, and they, they, they kept coming down, and they came down to, to $5,000. And we told them, my friend, of course, I couldn't speak Korean at that time, he said um, he said, why are you doing this? He said, we don't want to be here anymore. Just take us back to China. And the, the guard, he finally came out and laid all his cards on the table. And he said, no, he said, you don't understand. If you don't give us the money, you never leave North Korea. And, and I don't know how much you know about North Korea, but they had our passports. There's no embassy. There's no way to call anybody. We were there at the mercy of God and, and prisoners to their system. And so the pressure, it got on. And we went into our hotel room, and, and we began to we began to feel the pressure. I mean, we had just been told that if we didn't pay up after three days and our visas expire, we'd be there illegally, and we would be put in prison. And the pressures were on. And so Dr. Howard was with me, and, and, um, and then uh, two other men. And, and, and we, we went into our hotel room and we had taken a Bible with us. And so we began to read um, Acts chapter 16 about Paul and Silas when they were in prison. And then we, we prayed and then we began to sing a hymn. Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight, rose a melody sweeter than Psalm And I'll tell you the truth, my friend, although there was a peace, there was a lot of anxiety there was, there was a lot of stress, and, and absolutely we had no power, and we were powerless in the situation. And so we began to, to sing the song. Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight rolls a melody sweeter than song. And in celestial-like strains, it unceasingly falls over my soul with an infinite calm. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever I pray. And fathomless billows of love. And as we sang, I began to think to myself, if I I get stuck here, if I never do get to marry Mary, if I never do get to leave this place after being threatened like this, will I continuously have this peace? Those thoughts ran through my mind. And we got to the hymn, or the, the part of the hymn, He said, I am resting tonight in this wonderful peace, resting sweetly in Jesus' control. For I'm kept from all danger by night and by day, and his glory is filling or flooding my soul. Another verse he said, what a treasure I have in this wonderful peace buried deep in the heart of my soul so secure that no power can mine it away while the years of eternity roll. And God in his power, and far beyond anything I will ever be able to understand, God began to work. And he got us out of that situation. I can't explain it, and I'm not even going to try to. Dr. Howard is not here to be able to witness, but he was with me. And there are two other men who are alive still who were with me. And every since then, I never forgot how God's peace in that situation was able to keep my heart. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about peace. I want to ask you do you have peace? And as I begin to pray and I begin to meditate on this message, I know a lot of people who are religious. I know a lot of people who think they're right. I know a lot of people who have money. I know a lot of people who have the dream job they have. But I know a lot of people even in church that do not have peace. They they they're struggling for some reason. They do not have peace. The first thought that comes to my mind tonight is do you have peace with God? If you'll look with me in the book of Romans, chapter number 5. Romans, chapter number 5. The Bible is, is I love how it's so simple that the smallest of children can understand it. Yes. But it's so magnificent and wide that the greatest of theologians cannot fully explain it. God said, therefore, being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, the Bible is very clear that all of us are sinners. You're a sinner, I'm a sinner. It's imprinted in my mind while I was a student here in Bible college. I went street preaching in Clemson and one night a girl from the university, she walked out with a, with a drink in her hand and she, shout, she, she, she sat in a chair right outside of the bar and listen to us preach. And after a few minutes, she come across the street, tears running down her face, not trying to give too much information, but greatly moved snot running out of her nose. She was under conviction. Yes. And she began to talk to us. And I began to go through the word of God and she agreed with everything I was saying. Until I got to one truth where the Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And she said, oh, no, not me. She said, I'm not a sinner. I said, well, ma'am, if you never sinned in your life, you just did because you called God a liar. Because God said that you are a sinner. She would not agree. She said, I'm a nurse. I help people. I said, ma'am, God is not offended by the fact that you help somebody. He's offended by the fact that he's holy, and we are not. We're sinners. She would not agree. My friend, we're all sinners. And and the only way of salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible said here, therefore, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, this peace here in this context is talking about in judgment, peace with God. If you have a problem with me or I have a problem with you and, and we meet together and reconcile, you know what we have? Peace with each other. Well, God had a problem with you and me and it's because we're sinners. And Jesus, through the blood of his cross, made reconciliation for you and me. And those that believe upon him coming to God, they obtain peace with God. There is no longer judgment. My first question tonight is Do you have peace with God? Uh, Is God's judgment hanging over your head? Or are you at peace with God? Jesus talks in John 17 about that life eternal is to know him. This word know, this is, a, this is a personal, intimate relationship with him. It's not to know about him. It's not to have heard of him. It is to have a personal acquaintance with him. Those that believe upon him, they are justified by faith and they have peace with him. But my next question Is not only do you have peace with God, but I think one that even more than this first question, many people struggle with, is do you have the peace of God? You notice there's just one word, but yet the entire meaning changes. Peace with God is referring to judgment. But if you'll look with me in the book of Philippians chapter number four, Philippians chapter number four. And Colossians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 4. And Colossians chapter number 3. The Bible said in Philippians chapter number 4. Let us begin in verse number 6. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Notice the next verse. And the peace of God. Which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Look with me, if you will, in the book of Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. And verse number 15. The Bible said, and let the peace of God Rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful. This word of indicates that it belongs to God. So tonight I want to ask do you have God's peace in your heart? Is this calm keeping your soul? Isaiah 26 3 when I came to Bible college here I'm going to tell you I was highly unintelligent and still am. Dr. Aiken was one of my teachers, bless him. I did an assignment in his class, and he gave us a six-week assignment to turn in. I, it was, I had to be like 70 pages of homework. I put it in the box. I had every, every answer straight out of the book. I, I thought, I got this few days later, I returned it, and he returned it, and it was in my box, and it had a sticky note, and it said, there are over 200 grammatical errors in this homework, and he said, if I put a grade on it, you will fail, that was my first encounter with depression, I I did not, I did not know, I did not know what to do, and and, um, I, I was not smart. At all, all right? Um, but Dr. Gatlin was my English teacher, and he taught me some of what I needed to learn to pass Dr. Aiken's classes. And, um, but one night, Dr. Gatlin, we didn't even have Hebrew class, but he said something. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And he, he began to talk about Hebrew, and he, he, he said that word, perfect peace. The, our English Bible says perfect peace. He said, well, the word for, for peace in Hebrew is shalom. And he said, he said that in Hebrew, Isaiah 26 reads, shalom, shalom, peace, peace. And he, and he, said, he said, do you have peace, peace? And, and, and Isaiah 26, 3 said that God, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, yes. whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Yes. My friend, I'm, I'm asking tonight, not only do you have peace with God, but do you have the peace of God? Notice in Colossians it said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Do you know what that means? That word let means to give liberty to. When we give liberty to God to have his way in our life, it will produce God's peace ruling in our heart. But when we do not give liberty to God, and just as the children of Israel who stiff-neckedly fought God in everything, may I say God forbid that we follow that example. May we allow God to have his way, but let his peace rule in our heart. If you say, well, tonight, no, I don't have the peace of God. It's not ruling in my heart. I would ask you tonight, my friend, well, why is that? Why is that? Notice the scripture said, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Is your mind stayed on him? Is your mind stayed on the fact of resting in him? Is your mind stayed on the fact of obeying him? Is your mind stayed on the fact of following him? Do you have peace tonight? But then the next thing I think about is peace with the brethren. Peace is such a sweet thing. I heard a testimony, and I don't know the dates, I don't know the city. All I know is it was in World War II, and it was during Christmas time, And the Americans and the Germans were fighting. They were shooting at each other, they were killing each other, and sometime on Christmas Eve, the gunfire stopped. And I heard the report that on Christmas Day... The men went out, shook hands, exchanged communications with each other, had a peaceful time with each other. Yes. Yes. And why is it that among brethren, that among Christians, there is a struggle for peace? That should not exist. Right. It should not exist. If you'll look with me in the book of First Thessalonians, chapter number 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, and we'll, we'll read verse number 12 and verse number 13. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in, the lo- in, in love for their work's sake. Notice this last phrase, and be at peace among yourselves. So this peace here, this peace is a decision that involves two sides. The thing is, you can only control your side. And I can only control my side. But the commandment from God is to be at peace among yourselves. I ask tonight, do you have peace? Do you have peace with God? Then not only that, but do you have the peace of God? Is his peace reigning in your life? Is his peace reigning in your heart? Well, if not, then what is it that stops it? Because I'm sure, this is the Wednesday night crowd. The Wednesday night crowd is usually the crowd that's here every service. May I say this? I'm sure that God has revealed to you what hinders you from having that peace. Yes. Then not only do you have peace with God and the peace of God, but... The Bible said to be at peace among yourselves. Do you have peace with your brother? Do you have peace with your sister? May I say this? I, I, my momma. If it was not for my dad and my momma, ma, I would probably be in hell today. My dad, not a preacher and not politically correct, stood between me and hell. And he told me, Josh, you're heading to hell or you're heading to jail. You need to get right with God. And my mom I'm certain of it. She prayed me under conviction. The church that she got saved in was there for over 40 years. She said the old time man of God would preach on the rapture or preach on tithing. He would just preach the word of God and it would feel like the rapture was going to happen before church got out. She said one night they had a revival in that mountain church. And she said, the the visiting preacher showed up and sat on the front pew and the choir began to sing. And this brother went to that brother and this sister went to that sister and they started making peace among themselves. And for three nights, the preacher didn't preach, the Holy Ghost did. And everybody got right with each other. The word of God said to be at peace among yourselves. May I say this? The scriptures teach us very clearly as we read through the gospels that it is Satan that sows things against the word of God and against the work of God. It is Satan who's behind the sowing of discord. It's Satan who's behind the sowing of strife. It's Satan. God said to be at peace among yourselves. This is not, this specific verse is not talking about being at peace with everybody in the world. It's talking about the church. Yep. It's talking about Christians. It's talking about me and you who are born again. May God help us. May God help us. Do you have peace with God? Do you have the peace of God? Do you have peace with the brethren? I want to ask you this. Do you have peace when everything is against you? Look with me in the book of Second Kings chapter 6. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we find the testimony of Elisha. And and, um, I'm just going to read this. Because Elisha, he he believed God. And um, 2 Kings chapter number 6, and we'll start reading in verse number 8. And and we're going to read through verse number 17. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha. The prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. Do you see that? The king sent an army after the preacher. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God, so there there was the man of God, and he was sitting down there in that valley in a tent or whatever with his servant, and this host, this army, encamped all the way around him. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? There that servant was, shaken in his boots, afraid, and the man of God sitting there, following God and the army of Syria after him. Notice with me these next words. This is the answer of Elisha in verse 16. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Think about that. Would that not sound foolish that you have these two men and this man that's hated by all the world of Syria and in armies encamped around them? And he tells this man, They're nothing. There's more with us than with them. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they be with, that be with them. And Elisha prayed. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Notice these words with me. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. He was at peace. He knew he was following God, and it didn't matter who liked it. It didn't matter who was against him. It didn't matter what they said. It didn't matter how they lied. It didn't didn't matter. He knew he followed God. And he had peace. My friend, do you have peace when everything's against you? What I'm asking tonight is, do you have peace that you're following God? Wow, I got to hurry up. I want to ask, do you have peace in danger? I'm not going to go read it tonight, but you know the story of Daniel. They said that Daniel could not be accused except concerning the law of his God. They had a writing signed and sealed by the ring of the king that nobody could pray or seek help from anywhere other than from the king. The Bible said, Daniel, knowing the writing was signed, he went to the same place the same time of day and he opened the windows and he prayed. They went and grabbed Daniel and they hauled him and threw him into the den of lions. And the king, he regretted that. It was hidden from him, the motive of those men. And the king thought for sure Daniel was going to die. The next morning, the king rose very early and he went and the Bible said he cried with a lamentable voice. And said that he cried and said, Daniel, is thy God able to deliver thee? Daniel, he cried out and said, O king, live forever. And he said, yeah, my God delivered me. He sent his angel yep. and he shut the mouth of the lions. Yep. God gave him peace yes. in the den of lions. My friend, God didn't say he'd keep you out of the den of lions. God didn't say he'd keep you from the army right. of Syria coming after you. Right. God just gave him peace in the middle of it. Amen, Amen. May I say this? Do you, have, do you have peace not only with the brethren, but with everybody? Romans 12 said, As much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. All. That's even unbelievers. That way to be peaceably toward them. You say, Well, the Bible tells me not to have fellowship with them. You can still be friendly to them. Amen?
1: Yes.
0: As I was preparing this message, it come back to my mind the other day. I was talking to Brother Allgood. And Brother Allgood, he knows Brother Mike Allison. And I, 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 I told somebody the other day, I said, you think something I say when I preach offends somebody? Y'all should listen to Mike Allison preach. Yeah. Amen? Brother Allgood, he said, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Brother Allison, when he's going to get up and preach against something, this is how he starts his message. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That's what the Bible said, and from there, (laughs) it gets a lot sharper. My friend, do you have peace with the Word of God tonight? Are you one of those people who say you love Jesus, but when the truth of the Word of God is told, you can't take it? People got to change, and they can't believe the Bible because you get offended by it? Do you have peace with the Word of God tonight? You'll never truly have peace until you have peace with the Word of God. I know I never had peace until I had peace with the Word of God. You know what the Word of God does? The Bible's clear. It's like a mirror. It shows me what's wrong with me. And it'll show you what's wrong with you. And when we look into that mirror and it shows us what's wrong, oh, that's unpleasant, isn't it? Isn't it hard to say, God, I'm wrong? But you know, you know the peace that comes when we listen to his Word and we make it right. Do you have peace tonight with the word of God? I want to ask tonight do you have peace in the storm? The Bible in Acts 27 tells us about a great storm that, that the Apostle Paul went through. He had no control over it. He was a prisoner. And he told that, he told that, that guard as they went onto the ship, he told him, he said, we shouldn't sail. I perceive this is going to be a, a, a great problem. I'm not quoting, I'm paraphrasing. They didn't listen to the preacher. Hey, I'm just going to say, if your preacher's not telling you something that's against the Word of God, I learned a long time ago, you should listen to
1: him.
0: <laughs> but I'm just saying, I learned that with Dr. Aiken. I learned that with Brother Doug Grant. I learned that with a lot of preachers. I'm just saying. Well, they didn't listen to the preacher. And and, and they looked at the weather, and the, it, the Bible said the south wind blew softly. Everything looked like it was Okay. And the ship set sail. But it wasn't long and they encountered a storm. You ever heard of a storm with a name? They encountered a storm called Euroclidon. The Bible said in that chapter at least six times that the wind blew. The Bible tells us that the wind is a type of the Holy Spirit. For whatever reason, God allowed Paul to end up in that storm and it was a fierce storm i mean it said for many days they saw neither the sun moon or the stars yes. they were throwing out the tackle into the ship everybody thought they were going to die you know where paul was He said he was after long absence a- a- absence he was he was in the closet with jesus
1: yes.
0: and and he had been praying and he came out of the closet and everybody's freaking out and he told them brothers he said friends be in no cheer no, be a, be of good cheer don't worry He said, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. And he said, nobody's going to die if you stay in the ship. Every one of them thought he was crazy. And every one of them survived because they stayed in the ship with the apostle Paul. Paul had peace in the storm. Paul had peace in the storm. Do you? We can. It is possible. If the Holy Spirit is in us, it is possible for us to yield to him, to let him have his way. May I say this? Jesus is the king of peace. You read Hebrews chapter 7, verse 2. It's likening Jesus to Melchizedek, who's a type of Christ in the Old Testament. And it said that, it goes in that passage of scripture and it says that he was the king of Salem and the king of peace. Jesus is the king of peace. Do you have peace with the king tonight? You won't have peace with him if you won't let him be king in your life. You won't have peace with him if you won't let him be king in your situation. You won't have peace with him in salvation if you won't let him be king of the way to get saved. He said, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. What's up with him and he with me? Jesus sets the parameters of how we are to have peace. We don't get to decide. Our choice is, are we going to obey? May I say this? Do you have peace in your home? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know the America situation, but I know in, in China and, and in Korea, it is utter havoc. And you know what the problem is? It simply boils down to the fact that God was right. Every one of them you talk to, this is the problem. The man is not doing what God said to do, and the woman is not doing what God said to do. I can't sing. But you ever heard somebody try to sing, and they cannot harmonize? It's it's hard to listen to. You know what God did in Ephesians 5? He he told us how to have harmony in the home. And he said, if the husband would be to the wife like Jesus is to the church, and if the wife would be to the husband as the church is supposed to be to Jesus, well, just in that case, is the church and Jesus are going to have harmony? Even so, is that husband and wife going to have harmony? Though there's a lot of perversions in this day about marriage and the home. But if we would just understand one thing. From the beginning, that's what Jesus Christ said. From the beginning, the home is a type of Jesus Christ in the church. And when we understand that, we'll understand it all. A home will have peace when the husband does what Jesus said to do. And a home have peace when the wife said what Jesus is supposed to do. And it'll produce harmony. It won't produce friction because the wife won't try, be trying to be the husband. And the husband won't be trying to be the wife. They'll follow their role and it'll produce something that harmonizes. And it works together. Does your home have peace tonight? If not, it can. God's way. No other way. May I close out with these two thoughts? I want to say, do you have peace in his will tonight? The mother of Jesus said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. You want peace? That's how we're going to get it. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And then my last thought tonight as we close out, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Do you have peace when it comes to thinking about death? I'm not going to lie. In our last few uh, months in China, we knew we were being followed by a group of federal agents called the Guobao Dadwei, which is the equivalent of the NSA in China. And, and, and Brother Daniel, he'd call me on the phone and he would say to me, Josh, if they ever catch you, if they ever catch Mary, they'll separate y'all. There's no telling how long it'll be till you ever see her. He said, they'll shut us all down. They, they even said about one of my smugglers that he's a dead man walking. Pressure was on. And, and at night, I, I'd, I'd go to bed at night just wondering, just wondering. I wonder what it'd be like being some of these people who were, who were assassinated for serving Jesus. And it began to run through my mind. Just being real with myself, it began to run through my mind. You know what Jesus said in John five twenty four? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word... And believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And shall not come into condemnation. But is passed from death unto life. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Peace with God is real. The peace of God is real. Having peace in death is real. I'll never forget hearing Dr. Aiken say, well, somebody said, them Christians, they don't have a lot of money. They don't live well. He said, yeah, but we die well. Amen? Amen. With the peace of God. Do you have peace tonight? If not, what do you need peace in? Jesus can give it to you. Let's stand together. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would work in every heart. May the will of the Lord be done. If anybody lacks peace, speak to their heart tonight. God, may you just have your own way. Thank you for your love, mercies, and grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight rolls a melody sweeter than song in celestial like strings it unceasingly falls or my soul like an infinite calm Sing with me peace peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above. Sweep wonderful peace, resting sweetly in Jesus' control, so secure that no power can mind it away while the years of eternity roll. full peace. It's coming down from the Father above. So we
0: testimonies before we leave tonight? Anybody got anything on your heart? Yes, sir, Brother Mason. Uh, my mom broke uh, yeah,
1: her two places I think about three weeks ago, and been uh, missionaries their whole life, and went to the hospital. They didn't have any insurance, and uh, my mom and dad just said, the Lord's going to take care of it, and uh, my mom came down to deciding whether they were going to be able to have therapy where she stayed in the hospital, and so we can't afford that, so we took her home. We're just starting started getting better and better and moving around a little bit and they got the bill it's dollars just for that short stay and uh, it was kind of neat uh, dad just said i said we we'll to talk try to figure out a plan or something like that rachel was on the phone a couple days ago and she talked to the hospital and uh, she said i'm calling we to try to see if we can set up payment arrangement the lady said well, let me look it up she looked it up she said that's all taken care
0: of it. hallelujah so, amen, amen. You are
1: thanking God. And,
0: uh, Amen. Uh, my mom, mom and dad love the Lord. they served the Lord for all their life. And uh, to be able to see that, mom just said, well, that's, that's what my God does. Amen. Yes. God wrote a $97,000 check. Glory to God. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Anybody else got a testimony tonight? I just want to give you liberty to share. Amen. Hallelujah, brother. I'm glad he loves us too. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. got approved for disability. So- Bless the Lord. Hey. Hallelujah. Hey. Amen. God wrote another check. Amen. And let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for a great night in the house of the Lord. Lord, I love everybody in this room. I pray you'd meet their every need and lead and guide and direct them in all things. May your will be done. Blessed Tabernacle. Lord, may we honor and glorify you until Jesus comes. In your holy name I pray.